you know, we're talking about abundance this whole month, and I think I just want to plunge right into the joke. You know, usually I... Usually we talk a little bit about what we did last week, where we are in some program, or, you know, we're part five in a miniseries or some nonsense like that. But I'd love this joke, so we're going to do it first. And I think it'll tie things together for us. Okay, so the strong man at a circus squeezed the juice from a lemon between his hands. Then he said to the audience, I will offer $200 to anyone here who can squeeze even another single drop from this lemon. He was so sure that he had squeezed the last drop out of it. A thin, scholarly-looking woman came forward. She picked up the lemon. She strained a bit, but, you know, almost effortlessly coaxed a few more drops from the lemon. The strong man was amazed. He paid the woman, and he said, What is your secret? Practice, said the woman. I was the treasurer of a church for 32 years. (laughs) So, so what is it that actually makes that joke funny? I was afraid it might not be, but <laughs> I think it's because there's at least a little part of us that assumes that being poor is what a church is supposed to be. There's at least a little part of us, I think, that associates austerity, that associates poverty, that... Um, Well, let me state it another way. And in fact, remember last week I asked you all a trick question. So how about another trick question? Who here thinks it's better to give than receive? (laughs) It's a trick question, I'm telling you right up. Okay, all right. I think it's equally good, and we'll talk about it. Now, it might feel better sometimes to give than receive, right? It might appeal to that altruistic sense of it, But the law of receiving that we're going to talk about today says that you have to be willing to participate in both giving and receiving to keep the circulation of life moving. So let's talk about that a little bit more, this idea of giving and receiving. So if it is true that in order to receive, you must give, if it is true that in order to give, you must receive, you might think about it as kind of a wheel or a divine idea of circulation. And it reminds me of the very first computer that I ever got to use. Yeah, and you'll, hopefully this will go somewhere. But when I worked for the, when I worked for the telephone company in the 80s, uh, we got some of the very first Macintoshes on the planet. We were in a, uh, one of the artistic units there at the, at the telephone company doing in-house graphics and things like that. And they bought us this brand new thing called a Macintosh. And, uh, of course, we loved it, and, you know, we're more productive and so on. But as soon as the boss was out of the room, we liked the one game that was on s- installed on it when it came. And the game was called Soko Bon. And this little game, and I think it was an import from Japan that had been translated for American audiences, and it was nothing more than a giant warehouse, and you were a little hand truck mover. You had a little forklift. And you moved the boxes of gold from one part of the warehouse to another part of the warehouse. And that was the whole game. And you got points for how quickly you could do it and and how efficient you could do it and things like that. I think life is like that. 
If indeed, as we say, the universe is full of good, it's infinite good, how does that good get taken from one place to another? How does it find the people who need the good when the good itself might be over here? How does it happen that we can actually find our good in this world? You know what? It's other people. In the world of human affairs, the biggest mover of good is us. Do you know what I mean? Even when we're not thinking about it. Uh, you know, I was very pleased that our, our treasurer, uh, our, our bookkeeper, I mean, gave me my, my paycheck um, early for this week. And I thought to myself, even this, right? It, it's, it's humans that are providing for me. It's not that little piece of paper. It's God showing up as you all with your, your Sunday ties. And it's the bookkeeper that made sure that we had the cash to cover it and we were a little bit ahead this week and so here's your check a few days early. Do you know what I mean? It's people, it's people as God showing up in the world that make sure the things that are needed and the things that are provided have a way of coming together. So it truly is that circular motion of the universe, the giving and receiving that are important here. And just like that little game on my first Macintosh, if you're refusing to do one of those two activities, you know what's going to happen? The other part of it isn't going to happen either. And that's where, you know, the show of hands, do you believe that it is better to give than receive can get us in trouble? Sometimes if we only think my job is to give and to give and to give, when the day comes when I need to receive, this is going to be a problem because I don't have any practice at receiving. And the converse is true as well. If I receive and I receive and I receive, the, the mechanism around the giving it, it can be frozen, which will eventually slow down the entire process. So it is both the facility of giving and receiving that keeps this giant warehouse thing called God making sure that the inputs and outputs match up. That when someone is in need, the good can be there to be received. That when some is providing a useful service or more love in the world or whatever it might be, that it finds the right destination. And our job is to make sure we keep it moving along. Our job is to make sure that even in moments when we feel we can't give, that even if that is our moment that really right now I need to receive, it's also a time that we need to figure out how we can keep this flow moving by still continuing our own gifts on the planet. Now this sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? It sounds like, well, when I'm at my most needy, that should be the time that I'm not going to give anything and I'll receive instead. But unfortunately, it actually doesn't work that way. Even when we are in the position of our greatest need, in order to keep that pump primed, in order to keep that circular flow of the universe working, we still need to be figuring out ways to give what is abundant in our life. Now, it might not be that you can write a check for you know, $100 when you're down to your last $100, but what I know is you do have something to give. All of us always have some of God's bounty to give. It may take the form of love. It may take the form of a, a meal to a friend who needs one. It may take a, the form of helping someone get a gallon of gas in their car that's broken down. It might take the form of uh, offering to babysit for grandchildren. I'm, I mean, only you know all the avenues in your life. But what I do know 
is you have something to give at all times. And perhaps even, if you think about it a little bit, creativity, you probably have an infinite amount of givingness in you. So let's talk just a minute about this law of receiving. In the Catherine Ponder book, The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity, this is how she talks about giving and receiving. She says, By the act of giving, you open the way for the things within your reach to appear more quickly. These things have been wanting to come to you all the time. They've simply been blocked by your lack of giving because there was no free channel from which they could appear. Your giving opens and frees the channel. Always when there seems to be a delay, if there's confusion or a block in between what you need and your good, that block lies within you. So, so it's always God's good pleasure to give us the keys of the kingdom. It is always God's pleasure to say, here's the infinity of life. It is for you to enjoy. And so if there's a blockage here, it's because you've put up some kind of a roadblock. Now, it may, it may be an intentional one. It may be a more obscure one. It might be one in your subconscious. But what I do know, the way to undo that roadblock is simply through your heart to begin that giving process. The other thing that I've observed in my own life about giving and receiving is that not only is it circular, not only does it work as, a, as sort of a closed system that to give you must receive and vice versa, but also it tends to be matched in form and intention. And I want to talk just for a minute about that. So it, again, it may not be intuitively obvious, but if you want to receive more free time in your life, you need to give some free time in your life. If you want to receive more uh, monetary abundance in your life, you need to begin giving away some of your money, even if it's only small sums. If you want to see, receive more love in your life, now is the time to dandle those grandbabies. Now is the time to go to the Humane Society and, uh, and maybe play with some kittens. When you want love, you need to give love. If you want peace and harmony in your life, this is a common one in these days of blended families and, and, and large living situations. If what you want is really to have peace and harmony in your own home and you're living with a bunch of people, that's what you need to bring to the table yourself. So even as we're hoping to receive things in life, those are the very things that will be the best for us to give away. The other part of this is it's also matching an intention. Have you ever received a gift that after you received it and thought about it, you almost wanted to give it back because you realized it had so many strings attached to it? Well, that's the way giving and receiving works as well. And I'll use an example from my own life. I think last week I shared that I've always been kind of a, a giver and a tither pretty much all my life. But I will throw out one exception. When I went off to college, it seemed like the time in my life when I really needed to receive. I was putting myself through college. My parents were helping out with room and board, and so they, they sent me a, a small check each month for that. But tuition and books and things like that, I was having to work at that time. And it really seemed like this is a difficult time to give to charitable organizations, right? I really need that money. And so for a few years, 
I withheld that sort of priming of the pump. And not only did my finances during that time never seem tighter in my life, but also I noticed that even what I did give seemed to have strings attached to it. So here's my example. Um, I was a couple terms into one year, and I had a new roommate, and he was struggling a bit. He hadn't received his financial aid check, and the term was starting out. Um, he was covered with his tuition, but he didn't have money for books. And I thought, well, you know, this month I got an extra check where I'm working. I will just make a gift to him of money for his books. So I went to the bookstore and saw how much they cost, roughly, wrote him a check and said, you know, this is for your books. I know you're struggling a bit now. Um, want to make sure that you can catch up on your studies. And at the time, at the time, I felt really good about it as a free and beautiful gift until a couple weeks later, I saw the brand new sweater that he was wearing. And I happened to look a little closer, and it was cashmere. <laughs> and uh, as one of the part-time jobs I had was at a clothing store at the time, trying to make ends meet, I, I actually kind of knew that that was almost exactly the same amount of money that, that was in that check for books. And I suddenly realized, gee, I guess that wasn't much of a gift in terms of it not having strings attached at all, because boy, did I get riled up. Boy, did some anger set in me that he would take this free and clear gift I had given him and buy a sweater. And today, of course, I look at that and I think, well, I guess that wasn't much of a free and clear gift, was it? Because I really had my idea specifically how it should be used. And you know what? My whole life was like that then. When my parents sent me the check. Now, these were parents that had trusted me my whole life. And suddenly I'm off to school, right? And they'd like receipts for the rent money they're sending me. The little bit of a, a tuition aid I got was really through a scholarship, and as part of maintaining that, I had to send copies of my grades off so that they knew I was maintaining an okay grade point average. It's as though my whole life, giving and receiving now, was conditional. Just like the sweater I had uh, inadvertently <laughs> paid for in lieu of books. Wasn't really much of a gift, was it? So this is my caution to you. As freely as you can, give what you can. But if that gift is not freely given, I want to warn you that it may still start that cycle of giving and receiving, but what may come back to you may be equally not freely given. So if you give with strings attached, you're apt to get with strings attached. So that's my last little bit of advice around giving and receiving. Give often, give lovingly, give freely, and that's what really will set you loose on receiving your heart's desire. No strings attached, perfectly what you want, in ways that you can choose to use the, the love or the wealth or the joy or whatever it is you're receiving, however you want to. And you know, love works the same way too. If you give your love away without any conditions to it, that's the kind of love you will receive. All of these tools that we use in our life, everything that we consider to be good or, or wonderful or sweet in our lives, as we give and receive them, when we do it freely from the heart, that is then how they will find their way back to us, without strings attached, 
just as a gift sweetly from the universe. All right, I want to end today with just a little bit of homework. So, so our principle for today is the law of giving and receiving, that idea of the circular flow. And our practice for this week is to simply be creative and give some stuff away. I'd like you to have a plan this week, if you're willing, really every week, for giving away some of your bounty. Whatever that is, it might be a meal to a friend, it might be a, a, maybe a card to someone that you haven't written to in quite a while, it might be a phone call of love, it might be um, a free ticket to the opera, who knows? You know what you have that's extra and you're not using right now, and I'd like you to have a plan for literally giving it away. Find something in your garage. I, I, did a, I did kind of a fun thing. I was checking with, uh, with Lexi about youth church. I was over at Winco, and they had, they had pumpkins for sale. And I thought, well, no, this would be fun. I'll, I'll manage to get some pumpkins for the kid, uh, kids upstairs to carve. And I got six extra. And so this morning, as the sun was just coming up, all of my neighbors woke up to find that there was a pumpkin on their porch. And, so, and since our house has one too, they'll never know who did it. <laughs> so this, this is what I'd like you to do. Be creative. Give from your heart. Know that it not only fuels this idea of receiving, but it's literally how God is at work in the world to make sure that all the inputs and outputs match up. It is you, through your givingness, that makes the world go around so sweetly, so blissfully. It is through your gifts that you not only receive, but the entire planet finds its good. So I'm going to close with one more quote here from Catherine Ponder, and then we'll do a, um, we'll do a prayer. She says, Begin now to invoke the law of receiving by giving, giving, and giving consistently faithfully give. Then get ready to receive. Speak the word of receiving. Prepare to receive. And as you do, you can and will prove that your prosperity is omnipresent. You will become permanently prosperous. So we've been doing this little uh, affirmation, and someone last week said, would you mind printing on that on a card that I can take home? And so uh, this little affirmation we've been doing it is, is in your program this week if you want to take it home with you. It's from Ernest Holmes, Living the Science of Mind, and we'll, we'll do it as a call, call and response. So I'll read a line, and then you repeat it back to me. Good and more good is mine. Good and more good is mine. And ever-increasing good is mine. There is no limit to the good which is mine. Everywhere I go, I see this good. I feel it, I experience it. It crowds itself against me. It flows through me. It expresses itself in me. And it multiplies itself around me. Good and more good is mine. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe, and what I know about God is that it is infinite. It is that force which creates the infinity of the stars, of the sky. 
It is that infinity of all the resources that we could ever use. It is that, uh, that Sokoban warehouse of all good things. And what I know about it is, of course, that means me, that there is good and more good in my life. And that as part of my life, I, I am that inventory control expert that makes sure that the good is moved around through my gifts. And so whether I'm giving here to the center or other charities, to friends and neighbors, to the people I love, I know that that is a blessing not only to them, but also to me. And as it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room. Each person here has that willingness and ability to give from the infinite supply of their own heart. And I simply recognize that each person here also this month is focusing on this idea of giving and receiving by an outpouring of their love for one another, for friends, for family, for their spiritual source. And so the gifts keep being given, the gifts keep being received. It is part of that magic, if you will, that giving and receiving, that reciprocity of the universe itself. And I simply know that it's good. And so with a lot of love, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. It is with great gratitude, I simply say, and so it is. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much.